morning, Freedom Church. That was some good worship, huh? Um, while, while, we were, while we were worshiping, this kind of plays into the, the message for today. Um, I was thinking about, you know, we're, we're all excited. We're excited about God, right? We come in, we're praying, we're worshiping. This is great. What are we excited about? What are we excited about? About God. What, what gets us so hyped up? about who God is. And so it's something to really consider. You know, we do it, we don't even think of it. We just know, like, Lord, you're so good. God is good. And what he's done in our lives, he's changed us, right? He's taken the curse away. He's given us a new life. He's given us hope. He's given us this, this ability to look forward and say, man, what we have here is not all that there is. We have something greater than that. He's changed us. He's saved us. He's made us free from the bondage that we were stuck in, the mire that we were stuck in without him. And that causes us to like just well up with praise. You know, it was great. People are, are like yelling, like it's so good. But it's good to think, Lord, why am I praising you? Because you're so good. Because we have hope, right? Yeah. We want to be like him. We, 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 this, is a, this is our goal, right? We want to be like him. Because, and we want to love him because he's loved us first. And so this kind of plays in a bit to, to um, where I'm going with this. And I'm hoping that this message will be an encouragement you know, I feel like the last time I was preaching, it was an encouraging, like an encouragement message, you know. Um, so, and I, I'm hoping that this one is too, because Steve has been preaching on the kingdom. He's been preaching on the bride of Christ. He's been doing, and it's so good for us to understand who we are in Christ, what our job is here on this earth, what, what the, uh, why we're saved. We're not saved for nothing. You know, we're saved for all kinds of things. You know, and, uh, and it's so cool. And so, um, <clears throat> so before that, I want to touch on a couple things. So you guys haven't seen me here. I haven't been here for a few weeks. A lot of you folks know that I was doing some amazing, um, I was saving, I think, a, it was like a whole family from a, a, a burning building, and I ran out and caught the back of my leg, and I'd been out of commission for, you know, three weeks. <laughs> that is not what happened. Uh, but I did not get hurt at work either. I do tree work. So everybody's like, oh, he hurt his leg. And the first thought is, did he fall out of a tree? No, I did not fall out of a tree. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed to say how I hurt myself. But uh, I was watching Monday Night Football, fell backwards in my office chair, and slammed my leg on my chair. So, <laughs> and my friend Joe, who, who knows Joe Vervoort, right? A lot of you folks know Vervoort. He used to play... He used to play bass up here, and I was over at his house the next day, which was the mistake that I made, because I felt okay, so I went to work. And um, that put me out for three weeks now. And, uh, but he's like, listen, I have the same chair. Just give me a call, we'll FaceTime, I'll show you how to sit in it so you don't get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks, Joe. That's great. And then he sits in it, and he's like, see? Oh, look. <laughs> this is pretty easy. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, so just in case people were wondering, whatever, if you haven't seen me, I was not backslidden, I wasn't on a bender, 
Um, I was just uh, recouping. Um, the other thing I wanted to say too, we got Halloween tomorrow, right? Halloween's coming up. A lot of, a lot of uh, maybe some questions about Halloween. What's, you know, is it something as Christians we should be part of or we shouldn't be part of? I would encourage you to go to freedomchurchnj.com. We just did a counterculture on this and we did a counterculture catch up. You can watch that and you can watch the link of the, the thing that we had done in the class. So the hope is, and John and his wisdom, of course he always brings about some, well not always, but most of the time brings out good stuff. He's in, in the class, he was like, the goal should be, let's put this thing to bed. You know, let's study it now, let's know what it is. Is this something that we're good with in our conscience, or is it not? And if it isn't, then we make that decision. If it is, then we make that decision, but we don't revisit it every year. So, and that's the goal of the counterculture um, catch-up for this week. So I'd encourage you, go there, check it out, um, and uh, love to hear your comments. Um, okay, so I'm going to do a little revision. I don't have a lot of time, a little review, I mean. Um, <clears throat> a little review from the last message uh, in 1 John, because I'm back into it. And when I preached this last message in uh, the beginning of, uh, it was 1 John 3, it was 1 through 3, I only touched on the first half of that verse, those, those verses there. So it was, and I'll, I'll just read it now. So 1 John 3, 1 through 3, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears... We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So that's the scripture we're going to be working out of today. We're going to be doing a little bit of a review from the last one about the, being the children of God. I know Steve has been, been talking about that a bit, um, but uh, hopefully it's not going to be you know, going over the same thing over and over again. But I guess that's what we do. Um, <clears throat> anyway, all right, let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be, be back in your house with your people, to see you work, move, and uh, to see people well up, to see us well up with praise because you are so good, because you are so gracious, because you have loved us and have given us everything. You are available to us all the time, no matter where we are, we can enter into your presence and we can... We can uh, we can just be, be uh, receiving, Lord God, from you the, uh, the, the work of your spirit in us, welling up into bearing good fruit. And I just thank you so much, Lord God, that, uh, that you've saved us and have given us hope. And uh, Lord, I just I pray your blessing on this time. I pray that you would work through me to just bring your word, that I would get out of the way, and that your word would go and uh, cause all of us motivate all of us to take one step closer to the image of Christ that we should be. So I praise you, God, and thank you, and I lift this up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so let's go back just a hair, right, from the last message. I got a lot of papers today. So this was back in August. So we were going through that same scripture. So see what kind of love the Father has given to us. And we talked a lot about that. Well, like that was, that's kind of the first point. 
You know, what kind of love is this that God has given to us? What does this love look like? And we have lots of scripture. I didn't put these in there. So I'm just going to reference the scripture pretty quickly as a review. First of all, he laid down his life for us. And it's explicit, this kind of love. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And Romans 5.8, But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down his life for us. That's what his love looks like. He's a good father. And that's where this message kind of, it really was steered towards, not only are we the children of God, but we realize who he is as our father. And that's good. We should be focusing on him. We should be looking at him. God, you're a good father. Besides that, besides laying down his life for us, He's preparing a place for us, John 14, 1 through 3. He disciplines us, which is huge. You know, um, John 15, 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may be more fruitful or may bear more fruit. Proverbs 3, 12, for the Lord reproves whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. So he disciplines us. You know, Psalm 94, 12, blessed is the man you discipline, O Lord, and teach from your law. And besides all of that, he meets our needs. So 2 Peter, and this is like, it's like you can't go a message without this verse popping up in here. I love this. <clears throat> 2 Peter 1, 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. You know, he meets our needs. And then in Matthew 6, 8 through 11, um, and he tells, tells the disciples how to pray. You know, and then he, he, and, and, um, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, he meets our needs. We call out to him for what we need because we're his children. And therefore, I tell you not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You know, don't be anxious. God will meet our needs. He's a good father. He's a good father. Um, But we should be seeking his righteousness, his kingdom, and all that stuff will be taken care of. You know, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough anxiety for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So he's our refuge, he's our hope, he's our peace, and he's our daddy. And we talked about that. Maybe some of you guys will remember, you know, and, and have, I'm sure have heard many times, you know, that, that term Abba. You know, that, that, that it's, a, it's a term that, like, a, a, like you would say to your dad, you know? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's different. You know, it's different than Holy Father. It's Abba, Daddy, I need your help, you know. And um, <clears throat> so he has made us, made, he made it possible for us. Belong to him to overcome this world. We're part of his family. He's our king. Philippians 3.20, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So in Ephesians says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. This is like shotgun scripture. So if you, like a lot of people try and take notes. Um, I apologize because sometimes I have a lot of stuff and I want to go through it. And sometimes it's a nervous reaction. And, you know, so just being up here, it's, it, can, it can be, a, you know, it would be tough sometimes. But uh, so if you, want the, if you want the scriptures, this is on the website too. You can watch the last message where we went through all this. Or you can ask, and I'll just give you the, give you the notes. And all the scriptures are highlighted anyway. So you're welcome to have them. So, um, but this is the thing. If we belong to him, if we've been born again, if we have his Holy Spirit, he is our father and we are his children. That's the reality of, of our state of being. That is our state of being. We are his children. And this is something for us to really get a hold of because we have the actual living spirit of God in us. We have God's genetic material in us. And Steve had mentioned that not that long ago, I think it was two or three weeks ago, that we have his genetic material in us. Now, what does that mean for us? So what does it look like for us to be children of God, children of the Most High, children of our Heavenly Father, we're looking to God for all our needs to be met. We have to have our, our minds renewed. And when we're born again, we become childlike towards evil. 1 Corinthians 14.20 says, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. And we need to crave, like newborn babies, the pure spiritual milk, that, it, that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So we have this nature in us. Now on top of that, and this is where we get into the next portion of this passage, and I was so excited to get into this, although it's something that's not that easy to, to really wrap your head around, which is, you know, where he says, we are God's children now, which we are, that's our state of being, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. It's like, Whoa, what does that even mean? And I think we can get a little bit of a glimpse of what that means. I was surprised at how much scripture there is that actually references that the end of things like that, when we see him, we'll be like him. You know, it's very cool. Um, so on top of all of that, so this is where this gets to it. So we're children, because we're children, we're heirs. We're heirs of Christ. You know, we are heirs of all of the things God has for us. He has things prepared for us ahead. Like things are being prepared. When we get there, like we, we get a small, we get a tiny like shadowy glimpse of what we have awaiting for us. But it's so much more. And I think it's so much more um, than we tend to think. And so hopefully this is going to be an encouragement to kind of change our our way of thinking about things and start to look a little more positively on what we have ahead of us. It's like, how can you be more positive? I mean, come on, we got heaven ahead of us, but there's more than that. Hopefully that doesn't, it's not too out there, but I'm going for it, man. What's the worst that could happen? 
<laughs> get thrown off. Get, get out of here. Excommunicated. Um, <clears throat> okay, so, so like I said, this is our status, right, as children of God. We own this. But there's something else that we own. And we own the confidence of what we have in the future. We own that. You know, 2 Corinthians, we have these. These are the verses that I do have. So if you want to look, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, We do not lose heart. Through our outer self is, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. An eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Oh, that's so good. And as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen, uh, the things that are seen are transient, passing away. The things that are unseen are eternal. So, and this goes back to, I'm probably jumping the gun a little bit, but that's okay. This goes back to our, um, we can get caught up. We live in this world. We can get caught up looking at the struggles that we face in this world. And we all face struggles. And some are very difficult. And, um, and it's hard for me even to speak to that kind of thing. Because I haven't been in that situation where it's been that, that difficult of a struggle. And, uh, but these things are passing away. These struggles, this life that we're living now is passing away. And we should be encouraged by that. First Corinthians 15, 49, just as we have been, we have borne the image of the man of dust, just as we have borne this image, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. How cool is that? That's so great. So, so what does this look like? And I was thinking about this, you know, trying to figure out, like, this weight of glory, you know? Because, like, there's scripture. We can, we'll, we'll go through it. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to, uh, brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For, this, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because only cr through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're being transformed from one degree of glory. We have a state of glory. We do. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We are children of God. We're part of his kingdom here. This is glorious, but we're being transformed to another state of glory. And this is where I kind of want to get us to start to think. We can, and it's so easy, to, to look at our situations and to, to, to know who we are and how depraved and messed up we really are and know what Christ saved us from. 
But we have this old man hanging around our neck. This old man, this old flesh man that's dragging us down all the time. And we're like, oh, I can't wait to get there. So this guy's off my back. But that's not it. I can't wait to get there. Should, it should be, I can't wait to get there because I'll be like him. It's different. It's a different perspective. It's not like, oh, I just can't wait till all this old stuff is done. But it's, I can't wait till I put on the new man. I can't wait to be like him from one glory to another glory. It's just different. Do you, you see the difference, the perspective? We can be caught up in, you know, in, in kind of looking at it from a negative kind of light. Um, Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. I think that's a cool verse for this. You know, we're being grown up in him to become more and more like him. This is why I brought up in the beginning, why do we praise and worship God? And why are we filled with awe and wonder and, and, and gratefulness for what God has done? We want to be like him. Why? Because he loved us. He gave his life for us. We're his children. It's a natural response. If we really want to be like him, guess what? One day we will. Now, I'm not saying in omnipotence or in, in, in that kind of thing, but his character, what we are striving for daily, right? If we are truly seeking the Lord, we want to see this fruit of the Spirit working out in us. We want to see love, joy, peace, patience, all these things working out. These things we can't just make happen. We can't make love happen. We can't make joy happen. We can't force ourselves to produce these things. These are things that only come from God. They only come from his working in us, his Holy Spirit working in us. Um, and so we want that, if that's what we want. I know for me, that's my battle. I come before the Lord and I say, oh, I'm so messed up. I want to be so much better. What am I saying? Lord, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. Well, one day, church, we're going to be like him. These things are going to be done away with. It's so cool. You know, I was thinking, we, we, uh, and this is something that actually I think is good for us to do, maybe not in everything, but um, looking at the, the nature. God has made all of what we see around us, right? And there's a lot of, lot of stuff that's in nature that is a reflection of the spiritual stuff going on. We see that in marriage. We see that in family. We see that in all kinds of things. And I was thinking about this. And this has to do with some stuff that we dealt with, with, with counterculture too. Um, but why does the moon go through its phases and we get to see it? Why? We know that it follows, you know, its path and all that stuff, but why? Why do we get to see it grow from one level of glory to another level of glory? Why do we get to see the sun rise up in the morning? How cool is that and when we look at that and say, someday, I'm going to be like that bright sun up there. I'm not going to be just this glimmer of sunlight over the horizon. It'll be in its full glory. We'll be who God has created us to be. That is so cool, I think. So when you look at the moon and it's waning or waxing, if it's waning, don't look at it. Um, but if it's waxing, be encouraged. Be like, all right, Lord, I can't wait till that day when I stand before you and see you for who you are because I will be like you. 
That's my heart's desire, to be like the Lord. I want to be like him. And we can work towards that now. Like, he's working in us now to do that. We're, there are two things, two reasons to be like him, right? Our lives are here um, for two reasons. First, for his pleasure. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure and for his purpose. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 through 15. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints to the, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human, human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. I have kind of a, um, a, long, a, a longer portion of a passage from a book uh, by C.S. Lewis. Uh, it's called The Great Divorce. If you have not read The Great Divorce, it's so filled with truths. Like, just C.S. Lewis is my favorite writer. He, is, he's, he, can, he thinks so well about things. Like he, 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 he's so well-rounded in his thoughts. And, uh, but if you haven't read it, it's a pretty quick read and it's an allegory um, for heaven and hell. And uh, it's awesome. But I'd like to read this. It's a little bit long, so I apologize for that. But, but I think it's worth it because this can kind of give us at least an image. And if we pay attention to the words, it give us an image of what it's going to be like when we are there. Because I think it's good for us. We, get a, we see things kind of dimly right now. But that's okay. You know, the Spirit reveals these things to us. So I'm going to read this. So, so bear with me. <clears throat> I'm not going to do different voices or anything. So. Um, so, so first came bright spirits, not the spirits of men who danced and scattered flowers. Then on the left and right, at each side of the forest avenue, came youthful shapes, boys upon one hand, girls upon the other. If I could remember their singing and write down the notes, no man would read that score. Who would, who would read that score would ever grow sick or old? Between them went musicians, and after these, a lady in whose honor all this was being done. I cannot now remember whether she was naked or clothed. If she were naked, then it must have been the almost visible penumbra of her courtesy and joy which produces in my memory the illusion of a great and shining train that followed her across the happy grass. If she were clothed, then the illusion of nakedness is doubtless due to the clarity with which her inmost spirit shone through the clothes. For clothes in this country are not a disguise. The spiritual body lives along each thread and turns them into the living organs. A robe or a crown is there as much as, as, much as uh, one of the wearer's features as a lip or an eye. But I have forgotten, and only partly do I remember the unbearable beauty of her face. Is it, is it? I whispered to my guide. Not at all, said he. It's someone you'll never, ever heard of. Her name on earth was Sarah Smith, and she lived at Golders Green. She seems to be, well, a person of particular importance. Aye, she is one of the great ones. 
You've heard that fame in this country and fame on earth are two quite different things. And who are these gigantic people? Look, they're like emeralds who are dancing and throwing flowers before her. Haven't you read Milton? Milton's hard to read, by the way. Uh, a thousand liveried angels lackey her. <laughs> okay. Um, and who are all these young men and women on each side? They are her sons and daughters. She must have had a very large family, sir. Every young man or boy that met her became her son. Even if it was only the boy that brought the meat to her back door, every girl that met her was her daughter. Isn't that a bit hard on their, their own parents? No. There are those that steal other people's children, but her motherhood was of a different kind. Those on whom it fell went back to their natural parents, loving them more. Few men looked on her without becoming, in a certain fashion, her lovers. But it was the kind of love that made them not less true, but truer to their own wives. That's ah, so cool. And how? But hello, what, what are all these animals? This is the part. I can skip over the animal part, um, but I won't. Um, what are all these animals? I, a cat, two cats, dozens of cats. I'll let my wife hear this. Um, and all those dogs. Why? I can't count them. And the birds and the horses, they are her beasts. Did she keep a sort of zoo? I mean, this is a bit too much. Every beast and bird that came near her had its place in her love. In her, they became themselves, and now the abundance of life she has in Christ from the Father flows over them. I looked at my teacher in amazement. Yes, he said, it is like when you throw a stone in a pool, and the concentric waves spread out further and further. Who knows where it will end? Redeemed humanity is still young. It has hardly come to its full strength. But already there is joy enough in the little finger of a great saint, such as yonder lady, to waken all the dead things of the universe, of the universe into life. It's such a great image. This is glory. This is glory. And I was going to was talking about what glory is. And when you look it up in the Greek, the word glory, it, the, the actual meaning for the word, is it's something that evokes a good opinion. That sounds kind of like, uh, well, that doesn't sound that glorious. But when we think about it, like everything about God evokes only good. This is good. Like we look at it in awe and say, this is so good. And that's who God is. That's who we are. That's who we'll be. We'll be in his likeness. It's so cool. So, we have to be the, the best representations of our Father in this world, as we can be, even with our fallenness. But every little thing that we do matters. Every little thing. Now, we can look at a lot of different things, right? Like uh, stuff that would be Christian things. You know, well, I pray. You know, I read my word. You know, I try and be generous. I give, you know try and do those things. Those are great. Those are things we should be doing. And they're not little things. But I would encourage you that there are other things that are important as well. And it's being the best that we can possibly be at everything that we set our hand to. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 
And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is a, a verse, like for me, as a pastor, as an elder, you know, the, there's a term in the, like the requirements for the leader of a church. And one of those, one of the words is to be above reproach. That's a, that's a tough statement, to be above reproach. But that's our call as Christians, as his kingdom, as his ambassadors, as his representatives, as his image in this world. If we want to have an impact, our desire should be to be above reproach in every single area of our lives. And the Lord has been pointing some stuff out to me, especially when it comes to like business stuff. I'm a good worker when I can, you know, work. Um, I'm a good worker, but I'm bad at other things. I'm bad at paying my sales tax on time, or I'm bad at just keeping track of all that kind of stuff. But am I a good witness to the tax person if I'm not paying on time? Am I above reproach in that? I don't think so. I think I need to be above reproach. And if there's something that I'm responsible for that I could get better at if I just put the time in, then I should do that. That's my job. So I should be, the goal should be to be above reproach. And so bringing this kind of to, to who we are, right? So we have prayer, we have all those things I mentioned. But what about this? What about as a worker? All the minute little things that we have to deal with as workers. What about a homemaker? Are we the best homemakers that we could be? Are we above reproach there? What about being a husband? Are we above reproach in being a husband? What about being a wife? What about a parent? What about a student for all you young people who are still here or old people going to school? But being above reproach. I mean, this is the witness. Because why? Not be, not, it's not only so that we can build rapport with other people. It's because we're working out his image in us now. And then one day we'll be like him. So it's more than just the effect out there and how we can now share Christ and, and that. That's important, obviously. But man, there's more to it than that. Why do we praise God? Because he's working in us to be like him. We should be doing these things because he's working in us to be like him. We should be above reproach as best that we can be. Now, how do we get there? This is, this is, and this is where it's like, I feel like I say the same thing over and over again. And I don't mean to, maybe I oversimplify it. I, I, I could, and you guys can tell me. But I think it starts with this. In Psalm 139, 23 through 24, uh, David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think it starts with this, going before the throne of God, humbly, honestly, presenting myself before him and seeking, seeking him. So it's not like this, like, you know, you go, th I, this is how I picture like a lot of, a lot of prayer. It's like, you go by the door, it's open. It's like, hey, God, how you doing? Um, yeah, things are good. I appreciate your help with this. All right, cool. I'll, I'll see you later. 
But that's not what it's about. It's that doors are open. It's for us to go, I'm coming in. And I'm going to get down. And I'm going to take some time with my father. And I'm going to spend that time sincerely with him. So that he can point out these areas in our lives that we need to work on. And he can start to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he can start to change who we are. And start to, we start to take on more of who he is. That's where those changes take place, right? Like I mentioned before, the fruit of the Spirit isn't us working that out. We can't. You can't force those things. But it's God's nature working in us. That's where it takes place. It's in that place of humility and that place of brokenness before him. Oh, I'll go to this page. So, I'll leave it with this. This is 2 Corinthians. Um, no, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians. And this is kind of cool because this verse uh, Joel and I were talking about, because we were talking about like fruit of the, or not fruit of the Spirit, like uh, um, speaking in tongues or prophecy and all that stuff. Are these gifts for today or are they not for t-? This is the kind of stuff we talk about. But, uh, but in reading this passage in 1 Corinthians 13, I started to see like, it's really talking about this. It's really talking about what I'm talking about. You know, and it says this, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Perfect is coming. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. We can see just a little bit of what we're going to become. We can see we get a little glimpse of what it is that we're gonna be like when we see him. But when the perfect comes, when Jesus comes, and we see him face to face, then we'll know fully, and we'll be like him, because we'll see him for who he is. And we have this, and this is so cool, Verses of scripture, 2 Corinthians 1, 21, 22, Ephesians 1, 13, and 14. It talks about this guarantee that we know we are children of God. We know we have this hope in us. Why do we know this? Because God has put a down payment on us. He has given a down payment for us. He's put his Holy Spirit in us. We don't have it fully. We're not who we're going to be. But when we see him, we will. So that's cool, I think. So hopefully that's encouraging. Uh, press on, right? So let's, uh, let's pray. All right, Lord, I uh, thank you again for the opportunity to just be in your house. Thank you for everybody here. And uh, God, I just pray that we can be looking, looking at who you are and being encouraged to know that we have a down payment of your Holy Spirit. We belong to you. We have hope. We have hope. 
to be like you. Our heart's desire is to be like you, Lord. And we will be like you. So grateful, Lord, for your grace, and, uh, your mercy, and your love towards us. I pray your blessing on everybody here and that we can all just take one more step closer to uh, who we're supposed to be in you. So I praise you, Father, and lift this up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.